0: Encounters improve the quality of our lives. Encounters come to reveal to us the futility of life without God. Encounters will activate purpose and calling in our lives. Encounters come to restore intimacy and fellowship.
1: The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. By the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles The people which sat in darkness saw a great light And to them which sat in the region and the shadow of death, light is stronger. Encounters come to restore intimacy Encounters come to reveal to us the futility of life If you don't have a relationship with God Anything of value can become God to you Welcome to Encounter Jesus Ministries, sustaining an experiential knowledge of God and walking in the fullness of our eternal ordination. Now, listen to God's servant, Apostle Oropo Michael, as he takes us through an encounter with the Word.
0: With you. Um, you know, Jesus has called us into a glorious life. God wants us to live a life of wonders. Christianity, like I tell people all the time, is not a religion. Christianity is divinity expressed through humanity. But you see, most of the times we mis- mistake and misunderstand Christianity. And so we think Christianity is about belonging to a fellowship or belonging to a church. Christianity is actually a call to a life of wonders, a life of miracles, a life of unending prosperity. Imagine for a second, um, if you study Acts Mark chapter 16, for instance, Mark chapter 16, you study from verse, uh, verse, um, verse 17. And Jesus was speaking. And here's what Jesus said. He said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. He said, in my name shall they cast out devils. He said they shall speak with new tongues. He said they shall take off serpents, and if they shall drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. He said they shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. Now, imagine for a minute, you were reading this verse of scripture. Imagine you were not a Christian. Imagine you were not a religious person. Imagine you were just somebody who probably have not heard anything about God or about Jesus before and you stumbled on the Bible and you were reading this verse and then you are hearing that whoever it is that was talking was referring to a species of people a group of people and is saying number one that this group of people shall not be known by their names that they don't have to introduce themselves by their names they don't have to come to you and say I am matter. They don't have to come to you and say, I am John. He said when this group of people show up, they show up with signs. And he it it began to tell you the kinds of signs that this group of people would manifest. And he said, number one, he said they will speak and spirits will obey them. Just imagine for a second that you didn't have a religious mind. Maybe you've never been to church. You've never met any Christian. Somebody just gave you the Bible and you opened it. And he said, these people, when they speak, he said, demons, evil spirits would obey them. Number two, he said, when they drink any deadly thing, he called it deadly. He said, it shall by no means hurt them. He said, this group of people, no matter what sickness it is, he said, if they lay hands on anybody who is sick, it could be cancer. It could be diabetes, it could be hepatitis, whatever it is. He said if they lay hands, so long as they laid their hands on anybody who is sick, he said that sick person would recover as though their hands is a cure to infirmity. Imagine if you were not a religious person and you read that there are a group of people like this. What would happen to your mind? You know, the problem we have is that we have made religion out of Christianity. So even when we are reading these things, we don't pause to really understand the weight of what the scripture is communicating. It, it will blow your mind if somebody walked up to you and say, if I lay my hands on the sick, they are going to recover. If I drink any deadly thing, it cannot hurt me. If I speak, spirits obey. It would blow your mind if you were to hear that. But you see, this is the life that the Lord has called us to live. He's called us to be a wonder to our world. But you see, all of these things would happen to these people in that scripture for one condition. He said, if they believe in my name, they shall do these things. So all it takes to become a wonder is to believe And to use his name. This is what Christianity is about. Now compare this scripture with our daily experiences. Is it anything close? Imagine how weak we have become. Does our experience resemble any of these things that Jesus is saying? Does it look like he's talking about us? Assuming Again for a second, probably an atheist is reading this verse of scripture. And then when he's done reading it, they now point to you and said, These are the people he's talking about. Would you stand there and say, Yes, I'm the one. Or you would or run away. So the first thing is you read it to yourself. And then think for a second if this is you. And then read it again or picture it again for the second time. That you were walking and, and somebody was reading this scripture to an atheist, and when he was done reading, and the atheist was saying, Is that possible? They now look at you and point at you and say, Yes, this is one of the people he was talking about. <laughs> would you accept that you are the one? <laughs> wouldn't you would you <laughs> run away? <laughs> you know, see, you know, we need to really begin to take the word of God for what it says and insist. To live and to experience what the word says. See, it's not enough to quote 50 scriptures. It's not enough to quote 100 scriptures. One thing we need to start doing as Christians today is to pick the word of God, read what it says and probe it to understand it. When we understand it, then we insist that our lives must mirror everything the word says. Now, this verse of scripture I've read to you, there's no apostle called there. There's no prophet mentioned there. There's no evangelist mentioned there. There's no pastor or teacher. So, this is the ground level for every Christian. We've got to start probing this word and insisting that it becomes our experience. Now, I'm laying this foundation because I want to teach you for the next three weeks what I call the ministry of the word. Because I've come to realize that many Christians have not been introduced to the ministry of the word. Yes, they've read the Bible, they've heard people preach scriptures, they can even quote some scriptures for themselves. But many Christians have not really come to terms with the ministry of the word. And so they don't really know the word of God and they are not really living the word of God. Now, this is just one out of many verses. We could quote a thousand verses here. And if we compared it with our lives, you'd be amazed that our lives don't look like it. Rather, what we look more like are the standards of the world system. It is what the world says about us that looks more true than what the scriptures say about us. And so you begin to wonder... Whether the word, the word or the belief system of the word is what's true or is the Bible that is true. But the reason for this contradiction is because we've not been exposed to the ministry of the word. And so tonight I just want to use 10 minutes to introduce to us what the ministry of the word is. And then to help us to begin to grow in the ministry of the word. I've come to realize that there are three ministries that we must master. And if we master it, our lives will become a wonder. And I'm also a student of these ministries. The first is the ministry of the word. The second is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If we understood the ministry of the Holy Spirit, our lives would not be where it is now. So we have the ministry of the word, we have the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and then we have ministry of angels. That's where you speak about intervention. See, every Christian must master these three ministries. But I want to begin tonight by talking to us, just doing an introduction on the ministry of the word. When I'm done, i also deal with the ministry of the Holy Spirit and then I'll deal with the ministry of angels. And I'm trusting God that when we are done with this series, every day, every one of us will be coming here with strange testimonies of extraordinary manifestations. Things that are not normal. Things that when you share, the people will literally struggle to believe you. Because that's supposed to be the life of the Christian. It see, I and the children that the Lord has given to me, Isaiah chapter 18 verse 8, It say, we are for signs and we are for wonders. We are supposed to be a wonder to our generation. It is supposed to be strange that we go out and when we return, our lives does not appear to be a wonder to the people that meet us. You know, but there's a deliberate way of, of getting there. And so tonight, what's the ministry of the Word? That's what we want to introduce tonight. The ministry of the Word is simply an operation of the Word of God in the life of the believer that makes the believer to become everything God says he is by the Word of God. It's an operation of the spirit in the life of a believer that makes the believer to become everything the Lord says he is by the instrumentality of the word of God. And so what that means is is simple. If the word says you are not sick, it means you are going to by the word come to a point in your life where sickness no longer exists in your body. If the word says you are the righteousness of God. That means by the word. Not by your effort. Not by your intelligence. Not by your hard work. Using the word of God. You experientially become the righteousness of God. If the word says you are prospering. prospering you therefore use the word of God to truly begin to prosper that anybody who sees you will not doubt that indeed you are prospering. So it is becoming what the Word of God says you are using the Word of God. Or it's an operation of the Spirit in your life because you have put the Word of God to work, making you become what the Word says. This is what the ministry of the Word is about. Now, for you to get to that point in your life where you are everything the Word of God says, you must know What the ministry of God is about. I was sharing with them two Sundays ago and I told them there are two major witnesses on earth apart from the Holy Spirit. The first witness on earth is the Bible. The second witness on earth is the believer. And so what that means is that if you hold the Bible on one side, the Bible should be an identical of the believer on the other side. So much so that it's either you are quoting the word of God to people Or you are manifesting God to people. Whichever of them is present. It should be a sufficient exhibit. Even if if God were to be tried in a court. It should be a sufficient exhibit that everything God says is true. The word cannot lie. Your life will not be a lie. That's what God expects us to be. But for that to happen. We must learn how to use the word to become everything. That means the word of God is the raw material for our existence. So any believer who wants to be everything God has said he or she is has one raw material of getting there or achieving that is the Word of God. Now, what then does the ministry of God ent- of the Word entails? There are four basic things about the ministry of the Word. The first thing about the ministry of the Word is your engagement of the Word, and I want you to follow me carefully here. Because everything I'll be building eventually is going to be born out of these things I'm, I'm sharing with you now. The first thing about the ministry of the world is your engagement of the world. The second thing about the ministry of the world is your obedience to the world. And the third thing about the ministry of the world is your usage of the world. Please get this. In the ministry of the world, you first of all interact with the world. You engage the world. And then the second thing about the ministry of the world is, having interacted with the world, you bring yourself under the authority of the world. That's why I say you obey the word. Having brought yourself under the authority of the world, you now take the word and use it as a weapon. Or you use it as a tool. For victorious living. If these three things are complete in your life. You would be shocked. The level of progress you would make. In the shortest period of time. Now in engaging the word of God. There are three major things. That the Bible encourages. Number one. Is to read it. Number two. Is to meditate on it. And number three. is ...is to study it. And I'm going to explain these three things to you. Now, the reason many believers are not making progress in life... ...is because they are not engaging the word. They are engaging every other thing but the word. Now, these three things are put in place to help you. And I'll explain to you what it means. Now, when you are reading the word of God... ...you are becoming aware of what God said... It may not do so much for you, but it helps you to become aware because you need the information to know what God thinks about you, to know what God said about you. So reading gets you to become aware, but that's the lowest level in the engagement of the world. When you are reading, you may not understand, but you must be aware. At least you will be aware who a believer is. You'll be aware that Jesus is the son of God. You'll be aware that Jesus became flesh. You'll be aware that Jesus died on the cross. But it may not amount to so much. If you study Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, when Philip met the Ethiopian eunuch from verse 16 down, you are going to see that the man said he was reading. He said, but he didn't understand. And Philip asked him, "Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how do I understand? except someone explains to me. So he was reading quite all right and he was reading from the book of Isaiah. But he didn't understand exactly what he was reading. He needed somebody to explain to him. That's where exhortation comes in. Somebody else will have to teach you what is happening. All of that is still around reading the word. It's about around encountering the word, becoming aware of the word. So you are reading... But when you read to a level, somebody will have to explain it to you. So you have reading and exhortation all under the first level of acquaintance with the word of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, here is what Paul said. He said, until I come. He said, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. So reading and exhortation is your first level of engagement of the word. And so it's either you are reading the Bible or you are hearing somebody share the Bible to you. It gives you awareness. But you see, that's not enough. When you have read the word, when you have encountered the word because somebody preached it, if you want the word to profit you, you need to go a step further. And the next step is meditation. Now, meditation is in two layers. Please, I'm just doing introduction so that we can build on these truths. Now, in reading, you are just becoming aware of the word. And reading could be you reading to yourself or somebody else talking the word to you. All of that is reading. Because when you are reading, in John chapter 3, verse, verse 16, for God so loved the word that he gave the only, his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So you are talking the word, just reading it out. And then in um in when somebody is exhorting you. It's like he's reading or explaining the word to you. So he's also bringing you awareness. Now when you are done with that, you become aware of the word. But that's still in your mind. And that's where a lot of people stop. That's why although they heard somebody preach a very good message about healing, they don't know how to use the word to produce healing. Because they stopped with hearing what the person said. If you want the word of God to produce result, you have to move further into healing. Meditation In meditation You take your time To trap what you have read Or to trap what you have listened to And so the word meditation is the word hagar And what it means is twofold Number one is to picture What you have heard or you have read And number two is to repetitively and loudly Talk to yourself what you have heard this is the second level under the first quadrant of the ministry of the world. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, you will see what the Bible says for you to make profit. He said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Are you seeing that? You are talking it. It said, Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That's the second level. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And night so this is the second level in engaging the word. you read it or you hear somebody talk about the word and then you leave there you take the word you begin to meditate for example what I'm sharing with you now I'm explaining the word of God to you there are a few statements I have made that you wrote down those statements struck a chord in your heart if after this Bible study you take one of that statement and you, you read it again. You'll discover that every time you look at it, something new will come to you that you didn't think of before. And so that one statement you thought of in one way, when you start looking at it over time, ten different things will come out of that one statement. Now, if you go a bit further and begin to talk that statement to yourself, after a while you're going to discover that there is energy in that one statement. You will no longer just begin to understand the different dimensions of the one statement. The energy will begin to enter into you. And a point will come, you are in trouble. You just discover that. That thing that entered you will jump out of you. For instance, I was telling you today, I said, God designed us to be creatures of signs and wonders. You heard that. You probably interpreted it. From the standpoint of what a sign and a wonder is. If you go back and you look at that statement. You can see many things. Like God said we should be manifesting signs and wonders. Like God said the happenings of our life should be be a wonder to the world. Like God said we should create wonders. Like God said ourselves are wonders. All of those thoughts will begin to build pictures in your mind. You will not stop there. After a while you start seeing yourself operating in different levels of wonders. Like, maybe you have food in your house and the food is not finishing. All of that is coming out of this one phrase, because it's pregnant. After a while, you start seeing that supernaturally, maybe you see yourself at the age of 90. You are walking without eyeglasses and you are strong. You are not feeling any pain. Or you are seeing yourself walking at the age of 100. Now, you are, you are entering. Is this the signs and wonders you are entering? And as your faith is growing, you are going to discover that you are exploring different dimensions. That's the ministry of the world going on. You are not reading again, but you are visualizing. A point will come, you see yourself that suddenly everybody wants you to help them. Everybody wants to give you an opportunity. And you you are just seeing yourself in different parts of the world, doing great things. It's still from that one word that was just a phrase. But now it has become many pictures in your mind. And then the point comes, anyone you see, you talk it Anyone you see, you talk it. As you are talking it, what you are doing is that you are beginning to create a future. That's how the ministry of the word works because it's called meditation. You visualize it and you vocalize it to yourself. A lot of people stop at reading or hearing what somebody explained to them. They don't go further to probe it, to picture it or to confess it. That's why they are not what the Bible says they are. Now, when you migrate from meditation, you now go into the third level of engagement, which is study. Because what you will notice is that as you start picturing these things and you start meditating upon these things, you will start finding many contradictions. Many contradictions. It is that contradiction now you want to straighten through studying. So, for example, you saw yourself not being sick. And it is becoming so real to you. But after a while. Some contradictions begin to come. What if you are involved in an accident? What if there is a natural disaster? What if a wicked person comes? You are now wondering. You now start thinking in your head. Uh, if there is a natural disaster. It's not because I am sick. Maybe because something happened. But you are saying "But I can't be sick. That argument now. You want to go into the Bible to find out. What happened? to people in the Bible when there was a natural disaster is there a way of escape because of this contradiction seeming contradiction you now begin to study as you are studying now you are beginning to affirm your conviction so a point will come when through reading through meditation and through study you arrive at a resolute conviction that even your experiences if they become contrary cannot get you to change your mind. Because now you have so persuaded yourself that nothing can get you to change your mind. Because you didn't just read it, you pictured it and talked it to yourself until even the ones that you were not sure, you went and argued it out in the place of study. And now that you have affirmed it, you have arrived at a conviction that will not be taken out of you. If you are able to come there on any subject matter, then you have begun the first layer of the ministry of the world. As simple as it is, this is supposed to be the strength of every believer. The strength of a believer is the depth of his conviction. And so as believers, we are supposed to have definite conviction on different subject matters. For example, I have a conviction that there is no nation in this world I will go to and struggle. The first time it came to me, I was studying, like I taught you last week. I was studying Matthew 28 from verse 18, where Jesus said, we should preach the gospel to all nations. And then he said, we should disciple all nations. And so as I read that scripture, I began to meditate on it. And it dawned on me that all nations are either our platforms or they are our offsprings. Because we are sent to disciple them now. That scripture speaks about evangelism and discipleship. But as I was meditating on it, something else began to come to my spirit. The nations are my platform. The nations are my offspring. If the nations are my platform and my offspring, how can I go to a nation and struggle? How can I be swallowed up? And as I was meditating on these things, different thoughts were coming. Number one, I thought of racism. There are many nations you go to, racism with, you, you can't even have any opportunity And then I started talking about religious bias. For example, when I thought of racism, I thought of nations like Russia. I thought of nations like Germany. You know, some of these very racist nations. And I was saying, if I go there because my skin is black, I'm going to have a lot of struggle. And then another thought came to my mind. What if you go to an Islamic nation? Who told you you can prosper there? Because you can't even preach there. They will cut your head. And I started thinking of nations like Afghanistan. I started thinking of nations like Iran. You know, so the more these thoughts were coming, the more I went to study, the more I went to study. And as I was studying, I was breaking through all of the contradictions in my mind. And I told myself, there's no nation that can be racist enough to doubt a supernatural sign. I can either use the favor of God on my life, or I can use the gift of the spirit like word of knowledge, or I can use the gift of healing. I say one way or the other they must see something that they don't know. And I can use this even in my place of work. Because I can come to my place of work and function by by the gift of of word of wisdom and say something that will happen. And if they see that consistency over time, they must agree. So I kept persuading myself from the word of God. I kept persuading myself. When I spoke about Islamic nations, I started checking and I began to tell myself there are many persons who have gone there either by the hand of God or by their mental competence because God can accelerate your mind. And even the job that took you there, you become so better than them that they have no choice. So so all of those thoughts, I began to think it. Now, the more I thought it, the more I began to release the life of God to amplify those aspects of my life. So I began to sharpen word of knowledge. I began to sharpen the gift of healing. I began to sharpen my intelligence because I now told myself, If I will not be swallowed up by nations, then all of those graces in my life must operate at high level intensity. But it took me picking that scripture and meditating upon it until I studied and then I arrived at a conviction. And so now most times when I travel around the world, I don't even carry money. I'm going to a nation. I don't bother about money. I just know that I'm covered. It has become a conviction. You see that. Because I meditated, I read, I meditated, and I studied. It's called the ministry of the word. Now, when you migrate from engaging the word, then you come to the second level. The second level of the ministry of the word, like I told you already, is when you obey the word. Because for the word to be powerful through you, the word will have to be powerful in you. And the way the word is powerful in you is when the word becomes a law to you. And so everything you read, if it is contrary to what you believed or contrary to what you were doing, immediately you take dressing. And you'll find this thing affecting every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life. In fact, when you enter any phase of your life, the word of God will come to shape on you. And it will amaze you. From your finances, to your relationship with people, Especially those that are your spouses. You know, you can be a good man to the public. But when you are dealing with the one you are living with, you'll be shocked that there are tendencies in you that nobody thought was there. Everybody would assume you are patient in your workplace. Because you come with a smile. You come with all form of diplomacy. And so they don't really know you. But your wife and your husband can tell your level of impatience. You know, so the word will always buffet you to shape you so that the word can flow through you. The whole idea behind obedience is so that the word can become powerful through your life. Because if the word does not shape you, the word can flow through you. And so the second dimension of that ministry is to be obedient. And the scripture we just read in Joshua chapter one, verse eight, you are going to see that the third thing that scripture emphasizes is that thou mayest observe, to do according to all that is written therein. So, it's one thing for the word to be in your mouth, and then you meditate upon it day and night. It's another thing to observe, to do. Some of you who have heard me before, I shared my story with you. When, after reading the word of God, I read the story of the widow that gave her best, And then the word started following me everywhere. The word began to trouble me. Give your best. The Holy Ghost began to trouble me. Give your best. And I was just a hundred level student. I barely had enough to feed. How can I give my best? Sometimes in a whole week, all I had was a hundred naira. I come to church twice a week and you are expecting me, Lord, to give my best. How do I eat? So what I the strategy I developed at that time was... If I have to go to church, because all my money was in one pocket, I didn't even have enough to save. So when I have to go to church, the trouser that I have money inside, I'll remove the trouser and leave it at home. And wear a new trouser that does not have money. So when I come to church and it's time for offering, I'll tell the Lord I would have given my best, but I'm not carrying money. Next time, when I have money, I'll give my best. And the Lord will just look at me, (laughs) This, this young rascal. You know, And it continued like that for a long time until I discovered that if the word of God is going to prosper me, I have to obey the word. And so I started giving 10 Naira, I started giving 20 Naira, I started giving 100 Naira, I started giving 1000 Naira. And the more I was obeying the word, the more every other aspect of the word that speaks about prosperity began to be strong in my life. And my life began to change. So I realized that if you cannot obey the word, you cannot use the word. Many people just want to come and quote a scripture and cancer vanishes. They just want to come and quote a scripture and breakthroughs happen. But all the scriptures that God is quoting to their hearts, they are not obeying them. So they don't know the ministry of the word. Now, when I got married, for example, and I shared with some of you, I thought I was a spiritual man until I got married. And my patience was being tested. You know, there was a time I had a misunderstanding with my wife. I was like, what? Are you serious? I was infuriated and I was, that was when all the pride in me came alive. And I said, okay, we will see who is the head of this home." I locked up, shut myself down. My face was all frowned to intimidate her. To create impression. The African man in me came alive. Meanwhile, I said I was a Zionite. I didn't know that the Zion man was actually first an African. Trying to intimidate her. And you know, it was so amazing that all the scriptures I knew could not minister to me. I was so hardened in the heart. Until my wife came to apologize. It was when she apologized that conviction hit me. That I was indeed a carnal man and i'm not talking to you something of 10 years ago this is just like two and a half years ago that was when it dawned on me you are a very carnal man you are proud you are arrogant because i knew all the scriptures about forgiveness i would quote it but here i was we had a misunderstanding so much pride so much arrogance i could i mean what what the head of the house should have done was to call her and we talk over the issue and we address it. The head of the house became the boy of the house. You can imagine. You know. So I didn't know. And then the Holy Ghost began to tell me. He said, how do you think your words can convict people? If the word cannot convict you to repent. If the word cannot convict you to accept your fault. If the word cannot convict you to redress and do the right thing. I now realized that the word of God in the ministry of the word. You have to come under the authority of the world if the world will be powerful through you. And this is where a lot of people fail. So when they are praying or when they are in crisis, they are quoting scriptures and they are wondering why scriptures are not working. They believe this scripture with all their hearts. They quote this scripture in the heat and intensity of prayer. But they don't see any result. And they are wondering... I prayed about this barrenness. I prayed about this cancer. I prayed about this breakthrough. I prayed about this promotion. It's not working. Why? The reason is simple. You don't believe the word. Because if you believe the word and you know the word is that powerful, the first point of reference will be your submission to the word. And so the second thing about the ministry of the word is to come under the authority of the word. And then the third thing about the ministry of the word is. Is to use the word as a weapon. Is to use the word as a means of change. Is to use the word as a tool. And what that means is simple. Whenever you are confronted by a challenge. Don't respond from your mind. Don't respond from your experiences. Your response should be the word of God. And that was what Jesus demonstrated perfectly. In Matthew chapter 4 and in Luke chapter 4. When the devil came to him. He said, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones to bread. There were a thousand and one questions Jesus would have used. But Jesus decided to use the word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. If you use the word, you will always be victorious. The problem with us is that we are using human wisdom. We are using human ability we are banking on our experiences. To a very large extent, your experiences can be good. But you see, when spirits are involved, no matter how experienced you are, you'll be limited because you are not more experienced than them. They've been here before the world was created. And they have met millions of people, even in your bloodline alone. They know people in your bloodline for more than 30 generations. They know what is consistent from your forefathers and it's consistent unto you. So long as you have that DNA, they know. They know your tendencies. So, experiences are good, but not when spirits are involved. You will be limited. This is why whenever a Christian responds, he should respond by the word. The truth is that we don't have opinions in any situation, whether personal or national. We use the word of God. The word of God is our opinion. Whenever any issue comes up, it is written. It is written. The Bible said, God said, that's how we respond. If you make that a practice, you will discover that when you are talking, you are actually not the one talking. You are only amplifying the voice of God. And so the weight that it would have carried if God said it becomes the exact weight it will carry if you say it. If I write a letter to you and somebody receives that letter and is reading it to you. When you are hearing that letter, who will you be interacting with? Will you be interacting with the one reading it or you be interacting with the one who wrote it? Those of you who are married here, if your husband wrote you a letter and your son or somebody is reading it, you discover that you are full of smiles. Because as the person is reading it, although his voice is the one reading it, but you are interacting with your husband. You are imagining his face. You are imagining his countenance. You are imagining a lot of things have been transferred. Because it is that person just amplifying your husband's thought. Amplifying your husband's presence. That's how the word works. When we begin to speak the word to our circumstances and use the word to deal with the affairs of life, What we are doing basically is to amplify the voice of God. And so the circumstances will not interact with us. The circumstances will interact with God. Because it's God's word we are using to address the circumstances. Now this is what many Christians have not been taught. And so when they find themselves in the midst of a challenge or an issue. They are laboring so hard. Thinking of what to say that would be good enough. Thinking of how to act. Thinking of how to go about it. Whereas the word of God would have answered that question. If they were going to use it. And for you to use the word of God. You must become conscious of its power. And you must become yielded to the Holy Spirit. Because at that point. It's not just the Logos you are speaking. It's the Rema. So what the Holy Ghost does. Is that the Holy Ghost quickens the word that's already in your spirit. The word you meditated. The Holy Ghost quickens it. But the Holy Ghost will not quicken it if you don't believe in the power of the word and if you are not conscious of the word that's in your spirit. So every Christian must learn to use the word of God by becoming conscious of the word that's in his or her spirit and by also realizing the power that the word carries. If you are able to live your life by this triangle of the word, you will discover that your life will become a wonder. As I am today today, There is nothing I confront in life that I don't use the word of God. I have known and I have checked myself to see that I am powerless, helpless, and literally useless without the word. So I don't try to use my natural abilities. I use the word of God. And every time I use the word of God, my human insufficiencies are suspended. And God's sovereignty is manifested. This is how to live your life as a believer, and this is what the ministry of the word is about. That as a Christian, you ought to be a graphic ex- expression of everything God says you are. But for that to happen, you have to become a student of the word who is a master in the ministry of the word. And the ministry of the word begins with engagement, which entails reading and hearing. Meditating and studying until the word gets rooted in your heart. And then it, 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 it goes to obeying the word. Which is you bringing yourself under the government of the word. Until the word becomes a law over you. And then you consciously using the word of God. As a weapon to answer the crisis of life. This is the problem of Christians. There are some Christians... Who don't meditate, study and read the word to take root, they don't obey the word, but the little they heard somebody quote when preaching, when they are in problem, they now carry it and they are quoting. And they don't get results. Because they heard a the preacher preaching and he quoted that none shall be barren, and none shall desire her mate. She goes to pray, she's trusting God for the fruit of the womb, and she shouted, none shall be barren, because she heard it. So she's using the word that is not rooted in her spirit, and she's using the word that she has not obeyed. That's the problem. And then there are other Christians who have meditated on the word so much, studied the word, is rooted in them, but they never use it. When they have problems, they say, come, let's, let's be real. Let's deal with reality. And they leave the word of God, they take their mind, take their experiences, and they are using it, and they call it reality. And there are others who have meditated on the word, they can use the word very well, but they don't obey the word. And so every time the word of God comes to them as, as touching obedience, they disobey. From their finances, they know they are supposed to give. They don't give. Into their personal life, they know they are supposed to avoid certain things. They are not avoiding them. And they disobey the word of God every day, every time. But the moment there is crisis, they pick the word of God like a weapon. And they don't know why, although the all-powerful word is powerless in their lives. The Bible is speaking in Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 3, talking about the excellency of the word. It said, God, who at sundry times. Start from verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. It said, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, speaking in time past unto the fathers by the prophet, at in this last day spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, whom, by whom also he made the world. And he said, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. And this is what I want to share now. He said, I'm upholding all things by the word of his power. So, everything on earth is upheld by the word of God. There is nothing on earth that the word cannot uphold or bear. This is how God sustains the world. He said, God sustains the world by the word of his power. So when he gave you his word, he also expects that everything in your life should be sustained. But you know the problem? The way the word is powerful in the mouth of God is not the way it is in your own mouth. Because the word is not rooted in your heart. Because you are not obedient to the word. You just want to use the word. And so tonight, the emphasis of the spirit to us as a people is to become students of the word. And when we say students of the world, we are not just talking engagement because many people, when they say they are students of the world or they are active in the ministry of the world, they think it's to study it. So any verse of scripture you quote, they know it and they say, yeah, Bible student. You are not a Bible student just because you read it, you remember it and you quote it. That's good. That's one aspect of the ministry of the world It's engagement. You are a Bible student when beyond reading and believing through meditation and study, you also obey the word. And you use the word for every circumstance in your life. Do this and you'll be amazed what your life will become. i give you a, a simple practical as we round up. You know, last week when I was teaching, I was flowing by word of knowledge. That's the Holy Spirit working. Now, I'm going to make some declarations. As simple as this atmosphere is, as casual as this is, I'm going to make some declarations. And then you are going to notice two things. Number one, some people will receive instant manifestation. And some people will receive their manifestations within the week. But there will be testimonies. And it's going to happen. It's a must. Because the word cannot lie. And I'm not going to operate by word of knowledge. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even feeling... You see how casual I, I'm talking... I'm not even feeling any anointing. I'm not. There's no intensity of you know of any sort here. But I believe the word. When I say be healed, I'm not saying be healed because I'm an apostle. When I say be healed, is because I've meditated on the word, and I know that God was the one who commanded that we should heal the sick, and I know that God cannot lie. I I, I know that like. I can bank my life on it, that healing is real. If, if you, if you ask me to stake my life for this thing, I, can, I could stake my life for it. That this thing is real. Because I've read it, I've meditated it, I've seen myself in it. And I've studied it, every contradiction. I've studied to straighten the revelation, to prove it. And then to a very large extent, I've brought myself to a point of obeying the word. I've obeyed the word of God and I've been stranded. I've obeyed the word of God. I didn't get any manifestation. There there, there was a time when God gave me so many strange commands. There has been a season in my life when I had no savings for years. Every money that comes, give all now. Give all now. I was just living by a miracle. I've been in the season of my life where the word commanded me to fast for years. And I kept obeying. So I I know that the word can rule over a man. Because I've, I've lived it. And then I can command this now with an assurance that is not just theoretical. So I don't need the word of knowledge to do that. I don't need the feeling to do that. And this is supposed to be the life of every Christian. You see that. So I'm going to make some declarations now. And when I'm done with those declarations, we'll we'll, we'll check. And then we'll see if there's any instant uh, manifestation. I just hope that there are people with challenges I, I don't pray that people have challenges but um, <laughs> just in case there are people with challenges here um, that the Lord would, would you know will touch them and then even I'm gonna make other declarations for supernatural miracles like finances, like opportunities, like open doors, like embargoes breaking so that within this week some people will receive monies and favors, that they've not received for a long time so you know it's not a coincidence in this week i'm going to make a declaration also so that things that people have been struggling with that have not come through for many years will happen this week not after in this week something they've trusted god for a long time so that they will know that an embargo is broken and i also speak promotion and acceleration. So that people's businesses will flourish. Those who are into businesses, you you do something that the impact of what you have this week will be greater than what you've had in many weeks combined. And remember, this week is already eaten by half. This is Wednesday night. So you have only two days. So we are not even talking week anymore, as it were. We are talking days now. But you're going to see that these things will happen. And there are going to be testimonies. So that you would understand what I'm teaching you. And this will become your life. Because the excellency of this teaching is not in the revelatory prowess, it's in the efficacy in manifestation. So, are we ready now to receive? So, this is what I'm going to apply now. I'm going to apply the name of Jesus. The Bible said, The name of, of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth therein, they are saved. It says, In my name, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. So, I'm going to command three knees to bow now. The first knee I'll command to bow is sickness. The second knee, our command to bow, is embargoes that have brought stagnation to people. And the third knee, our command to bow, now are issues of disfavor that people have suffered. You know, so many things they tried to do, they rejected them. That God will do something about it. So, are, are we ready? Glory to Jesus. Are we ready? So, um, for those of us who have bodily challenges, I want to make a declaration now. Um, it's going to be instant. God will touch you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the glory of your spirit, of your presence. Thank you, Lord, because even right now, you're going to prove your word again. Oh, thank you, Father. And so in the name of Jesus, everyone listening to me now, I take authority over sicknesses and diseases. I command pains in the body to leave now. Pains on the neck, pains on the back, pains on the waist, pains in the bones, in the muscles, every form of pain and arthritis. In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave now. I command every sickness in your bodies, from the ear, sounds in the ear, partial deafness, complete deafness on one ear, both ear, whatever it is. I command you now, ears open in the name of Jesus. I command every issue with the eyes, blurry vision, complete uh, complete blindness, pains in the eye, tearing of the eyes. In the name of Jesus, be healed now. Every form of chemical imbalance resulting in intestinal disorder, pains and disease and unrest. You know, I command all of those operations to cease now in the mighty name of Jesus. I command every bone condition, short legs grow out. I command every bone condition, broken bones, tendons, muscles, ligaments in the name of Jesus be healed right now. Let every pain leave every leg and let every form of immobility be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. I command every bone contradiction, the shoulders, the neck, be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Every organ infirmity from kidney to liver to lungs, I command perfect healing right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I command blood conditions to be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Every mind problem, forgetfulness or contradictions of the mind, the brain, tumors, all forms of affliction, Be healed in the name of Jesus. And for those of you who are in your families now, if there be anybody in your home who has any form of sickness right now, I release the power of God. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Because that person is in that home now, let the power of God touch that one. Receive your healing. Be it a child, an adult. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. It is done. I command every embargo on your life that has caused delay, let it be broken by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus, every embargo, break now. And I command everything that has halted for years, receive life and receive speed in the name of Jesus. And let everything that is pending approval be approved this week in the name of the Lord Jesus Receive that miracle now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every debt you have entered into by reason of your bills or lack of finances, I cancel them in the name of Jesus. Receive resources. Receive abundance in Jesus' precious name. And finally, I release favor upon your life. Become the best. Let favor set you apart for excellence and glory In the name of Jesus. Most of you who have suffered demotion, suffered all forms of frustration or despise the places where you walk or wherever you go, right now I erode it from your life. Let favor come upon you mightily. In the mighty name of Jesus. Receive that favor now. And let it be from glory to glory. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We honor you. We magnify you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, um, um, two of the prayers, the last two prayers especially, are going to manifest until the end of the week. You, going to, you, you will notice it until the end of the week. But the first prayer, yes, some of them can happen within the week. Um, some of you who have loved ones who are sick, tomorrow and next tomorrow, call them. Rebuke those sicknesses. That power will still remain. Call them, rebuke those sicknesses and you will record strange healings. Somebody is bedridden, call them. Say in the name of Jesus, receive strength. Rise up and walk and be healed. Somebody is blind, somebody is deaf. Call all your relatives that are sick. Rebuke those sicknesses. You will see that this power will go and there will be numerous healings because God has released it upon you. And that's how it is. Glory to God. Now, is there anybody here, very quickly, maybe I take one or two, you had an issue with your eyes, your ears, your stomach, a pain of some sort, or something. You you had something, uh, or there's somebody in the house that had an issue. Can you check quickly for just one minute? Um, let's see if something um, has happened already. Check, check, check. Check, check, check quickly.
2: If you were blessed by this message you just listened to and you wish to make Jesus your Lord and personal Savior, kindly repeat the prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe in your Son Jesus Christ and that He died for my sins. He was raised from the dead for my justification. I, therefore, confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I receive eternal life into my spirit. I am born again. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, Amen. If you just said this prayer, congratulations—you are now a member of the family of God. Kindly send us an email, prayer at encounteredjesusministriesinternational.org. You can also visit our website at www.EncounterJesusMinistriesInternational.org God bless you.